It's great to have you back for a new week. It's going to be a great week. It really is. Another week of, quite frankly, been doing this for a long, long time. And I'm glad that you're here. No matter when you jumped on the train, you're here now. And I think I'll keep you for another 16 years. Come on, stick with me for another 16 years. Let's do it together. It's June 26, 2023. It is a Monday evening. Greetings to you all. Whether you're watching on QuiteFrankly.tv, which is the hub of this this show's universe, both for the prime time, the nightly anchored spot at 7 o'clock, and all of the after-hours programming, which is going to include, I promise you, I just had another meeting today with Abe about it. It's going to include live, live talent after 9 o'clock getting a lot of that uh, the concepts together for that too but that's the future and that's what a lot of you are investing in when you become a sponsor not only in the expansion of this show and its programming and how we produce it but everything that's affiliated with it too all the side projects that ultimately link together so you're either watching on quite frankly not tv or youtube and rumble if you're on youtube and rumble please give this a thumbs up now please um remind people to give it thumbs up throughout the entire show i'll i'll try to do that as well it's just very hard for me to keep focus on so many things but hello to twitch and d live and theta and rockfin and odyssey actually no not odyssey tonight i think it just gets uploaded afterwards didn't have enough bandwidth to do, all, do it all myself without buffering so we're still still trying to figure things out with that with show expansion on the the live syndication part but I appreciate you all being here, and I thank my sponsors for helping us kick off another week. And that is BlueMonsterPrep.com. You can find them at BlueMonsterPrep.com on the affiliates page on QuiteFrankly.tv or in the links below this episode in the description. So um, I think that everybody should go check them out. I think that the it uh, the reasons are evident, and you don't need anybody to, to sell you. Just read the news a little bit, and you realize that, yes, even if you do all of your own farming, it's good to have backups. It's good to have technology on your side that can be recharged, that you can use the sun to your advantage, that you have filtration and so many other things, and specialized first aid equipment. It's all there for you on QuiteFrankly.tv's affiliates page with Blue Monster Prep right at the top. Use promo code FRANKLY and talk to Pat and Gina over there if you have any problems whatsoever or questions they're the best tomorrow night we don't have a, a guest on 
Rich Barris is on tonight. It is the end of the month. It's the last Monday of the month, so it's his roundup call with us. Tomorrow there's no guest, but I have a couple of really big topics, cultural topics I'd like to do. Morality-based topics. And then on Wednesday, Jason Burmis will be back on the show. First time he's been on in a couple of months. And I'd like to talk to him about Sound of Freedom, the Jim Caviezel movie that's coming out on July 4th, and uh, and whatever else is, is uh, has been going on. And a lot's been going on. On the 29th, tomorrow's Tuesday. That's Thursday, Wednesday when, when Burmis comes on. On Thursday, the 29th, George Norrie host of Coast to Coast AM is going to be on the show. Plenty of really interesting things already written down. I think what I would love to ask him. So we have a, a real vet. A real veteran is coming on Thursday night in the form of George Norrie. And then Friday night I'm off. It's a summer Friday I'm taking. So June 30 we're going we're gonna to have George Norrie. That'll be the end of the week on that Thursday. And then Friday the 30th, we're off. Then we come back from the weekend. We have Monday the 3rd. Then we're off for Tuesday the 4th. Back the 5th. And pancaked, or I should say sandwiched. We're sandwiching July 4th with a couple of really good, um, fun shows about summer nostalgia. I think we might do our best or worst concerts. Maybe the summer fair, the carnival threads that we've been building up on the forum on quitefrankly.tv. Great topics and more on the way. More on the way. I just don't want to cook too many buns in the same oven, if you know what I mean. All right. And then um, I'll tell you all about the awesome booking that we're doing going down the line. There's a few more added on today. We've got a new true, a true crime. We've got a true crime um, guest coming on in August. That's going to be terrific. Can't wait to tell you about them. All very popular people, too. And away we go. Away we go. Into the grab bag we go to sharpen our knives. First one up is from The Hill. Of course, you you don't see it yet. There it is. The Supreme Court set for furious round of decisions in the final days of June. Should be a lot of fun. Based on what's going on here, we will even bring back Chris Ann Hall to have a brief discussion about all this stuff and see what's going on with her. It's been a couple of months since we talked to Chris Ann. The Supreme Court is set to hand down key decisions this week on student debt relief. Affirmative action and federal election laws as it enters the last week of its summer sessions with 10 cases pending. The court has given no indication uh, it will break its norm of finishing decisions by the end of June and the next batch is slated to be released Tuesday morning. Beyond the decisions, the court is also forming its docket for the next term. The justices Monday could announce whether they will take up several high-profile cases including on guns, racial discrimination, and qualified immunity. There are the remaining cases. Uh, Here are the remaining cases. Ready? Student debt relief. President Biden's plan to forgive student debt for more than 40 million borrowers will soon be green-lighted or blocked, depending on how the the justices rule. See, now here's the the trick. Um, Student debt being backed up by the federal government is illegal to begin with. So relieving the illegal debt, there's no authority there either. So so when are we going to start uh, pretending? Like, at what point do we pretend in a different direction? It's all horse shit. So we'll see what they say. I hope they, that they say, you know, go pound sand just from the standpoint of you went and got a loan. 
that you probably were never going to be able to pay back based on what you're going to study and what you thought that uh, it, it may not even truly be all your fault. I mean, uh, all, all high school is is four years of getting drilled about college, how it's a rite of passage, you have to do it, and you go there to find yourself, and you don't have really a plan. You just do some shit, and then you get out with about a however many hundreds of thousands of dollars worth of debt, and then you, you beg the people who gave you the loan who forcefully, who backed up the loan, knowing you weren't going to be able to pay it, to be your saviors now yet again. So I hope it gets blocked, and then, um, and then I don't know what. I just don't want to. I don't want to be a part of the relief. But we're going to get milked one way or another. Affirmative action. When the Supreme Court upheld affirmative action in college admissions in 2003, Justice Sandra Day O'Connor in her majority opinion, made a temporal prediction. The court expects that 25 years from now, the use of racial preferences will no longer be necessary to further the interest approved today. The landmark decision, Grutter versus Bollinger, marked its 20th anniversary on Friday. It might not reach its 21st. The justices have been weighing whether to overturn Grutter and decades of affirmative action programs in higher education along with it in in challenges to the administration's policies at Harvard University and the University of North Carolina at Chapel Hill. During the oral argument, the majority appeared skeptical of upholding race-conscious college admissions. Yeah, do away with it. Do away with it. It was a set of training wheels that should have had a very short sunset clause, if at all, because there's, I mean, where's the authority come from? Nowhere. Where does the authority for this come from on a federal level? Nowhere. you, You can't call it the 14th Amendment. You can't say that either because it's uh, it's just not the case. It's not everybody's involved. So same-sex wedding websites. What the hell is this? Web web designer Lori Smith, an evangelical Christian, is challenging Colorado's public accommodation law on free speech grounds. Colorado again. Colorado going to war with uh, with webmasters and with bakers for like ever now. Smith wants to expand her business to create wedding websites, but Colorado's law would co- demand that she create same-sex wedding websites if she wants to do so for opposite... No, well, see? There you go. This land of the free. Independent state legislature theory. The court is weighing a major election clash that will decide who has the final word on setting federal election rules. North Carolina Republican lawmakers appealed the state court ruling that struck down their congressional map, promoting, uh, promoting to the justices a sweeping argument known as independent state legislature theory. That theory asserts that the state legislatures have ex- exclusive authority to set federal election rules under the Constitution. Yeah, it's Article 2. Adopting it would claw back the ability of the state courts and state constitutions to block legislatures, congressional map designs, and other regulations surrounding federal elections. Yeah, this will be good to talk to Chris Ann about. So if that's going to be happening over the next couple of days, woo, wowee. I don't know. Maybe that's what we'll talk to her about on July 3rd for a little bit because I don't know where we find the time. Anyway, and, or maybe tomorrow, who knows? Maybe I bring her on tomorrow and we just go through what's on the docket and we just say what should happen and, and then see how reality plays out. Now, as far as saying things and speaking it into 
reality, synchronicity. Gateway Pundit published something that if you were watching the show on Saturday night, this is going to be like, oh, we were just, we were just talking about this. On Saturday night, my brother and I were here at the studio, and we were doing a Saturday night special. And for a little while there, we were talking about this one artist that went and made him cut himself out a niche for his art. What was he doing? What was the gimmick? He was creating really uh, nicely done paintings on canvas with nothing but cow dung. And we were discussing all the ins and outs of it. And, um, And then we were just talking about controversial displays of art and what's a gimmick and what is just you know provocative and what's sacrilege and we talked about piss christ and this is what popped up today listen to this shit pope francis welcomes the artist who submerged the crucifix in glass of urine to the vatican pope francis has once again stunned catholics as he welcomed photographer andre serrano to the Vatican, Serrano is the creator of the controversial Piss Christ, in which he submerged a model of Jesus Christ on the crucifix in his own urine. Pope Francis welcomed 200 artists to the Sistine Chapel to celebrate the 50th anniversary of the Vatican's collection of contemporary art. Art. Thank you for accepting my invitation. I'm happy to meet to be with you because the church has always had a relationship with artists that can be described as both natural and special. And there he is. There it is. Breitbart News reports, when Piss Christ was exhibited in 1989, some 50 U.S. Editors, senators and 150 representatives complained that the taxpayer-funded National Endowment for the Arts had financed the exhi- exhibition and the NEA's budget was eventually cut as a result. Should have been eliminated. Should have been eliminated. That and all the science funding, too. Eliminated. Again, no authority. During the controversy, Serrano played dumb about why it was offensive, saying, I had no idea Piss Christ would get the attention it did. Since I meant it neither a blasphemy nor offense by it, I've been a Catholic all my life, so I'm a follower of Christ. I just submerged him in my urine is all. I don't know what's going on. I just don't get it. Why are you getting so nuts on me? These are the kind of people... Now, if the Pope was worth a a shit, he would throw a punch right into this guy's throat. It would have been just a a bait. He would have just baited him into the uh, the Vatican so that he could throw throw a a palm right into the throat. There you go. Just a chop to the throat. That's what it would have been like. But that's not what we're talking about now. All right, moving on to something else. Zero Hedge, Bill Maher slams arrogant press over RFK Jr. coverage as 80% of Democrats want Biden to debate. Bill Maher slammed the mainstream media over their biased coverage of Democrat presidential candidate Robert F. Kennedy Jr. Quote, I want to take issue with the media because it incenses me how they write about you, Maher told Kennedy on an episode of Maher's podcast Club Random released on Sunday. In a chat with Musk, Kennedy pushes right-wing ideas and misinformation, Marr said, citing a New York Times headline from June 5th. Right away, I'm pissed off, Marr said in reaction. Because misinformation? How about you're the newspaper? Just tell me what was said, and I'll decide what's misinformation. This arrogance of we know what the misinformation is uh, is uh, is about science. 
Maher then read from the New York Times piece, said, Mr. Kennedy is a longtime amplifier and, and propagator of baseless theories. Again, he stopped to qualify, not the editorial page. This is like the regular newspaper. The HBO host then cited a fact check within the, the Times piece claiming Kennedy was wrong when he said that Democrats earn more money from the pharmaceutical industry than Republicans. Quote, because the Obama administration made a deal with the pharmaceutical industry to support the bill, today I believe the Democrats are getting more money from farmer than Republicans, argued Kennedy. Even if that's not exactly the case, the spirit of the answer is correct, Marr opined. I'm doing this for the reason because I believe that they deserve uh, richly to be mocked for that a- attitude. So they go on to talk about this, um, about the way that this is all being all being handled with uh, RFK Jr. I'm going to ask Rich about some RFK stuff tonight. And then in the second half, with whatever time we have left over, we have to look into this Dr. Kevin Bass, who has been obsessing over RFK's physique because he, I don't know, he, he's in shape. Man, when I look at a guy that is almost 70 years old that is as toned as he is, I mean, he's not huge. Uh, to a lot of people who who don't work out and they don't have any tone, he, I mean, you would take it any, you, you would take it and you you'd be brolic compared to the average guy. But um, I look at that and the first thing I th- I assume is that at seventy, perhaps he's taking uh, hormone replacement therapy, you know, uh, which is not uncommon. And but you know, you don't need that at seventy. I, I will do it later on. You don't need that at seventy to look like. RFK does right now and he's in great shape for somebody who's got so many physical problems he just he's obviously committed you can't get you can't just take a shot and look like that but anyway this doctor is um obsessed with him and I love to talk about that just for a little bit because I think the whole thing is that if he is in some way supplementing if he's if he's like taking hormone therapy or anything like that which is a replacement of what you had lost in production that uh, it's hypocritical for him to be in any way, shape, or form skeptical about vaccines, which does not line up. What what the hell is that about? And you know, the real thing here is the real skepticism is about not the science, the scientific method. That's what everybody, people who are are loyal to the science, I I believe in the science. The science of what? It's the scientific method. What can be reproduced? What, what, is the, what is the hypothesis? What do you go, how are you going out to test the hypothesis and how can you reproduce the results? Give us, let's see the results. That's the whole problem here. Um, there's no scientific method that is, that is really prominent in the way that we have these conversations about whether it's the vaccines or anything else. It's just, it's just being over the brow being browbeaten constantly. And here's something that's just terrible. Even worse than vaccines. New York City is considering new rules to ban emissions from coal and wood-fired pizza ovens. Climate warriors in New York, this is uh, on Zero Hedge, who banned gas stoves and furnaces from most new buildings across the state are now coming after pizza ovens. The New York Post reports that new rules were drafted by the New York City Department of Environmental Protection that could order nearly 1,700 pizzerias across the five boroughs to reduce carbon emissions by 75%. 
Can you imagine being uh, the owner of a pizzeria and telling somebody that essentially you have to cut 75% of your business and survive? Because that whatever the hell's 100% of emissions are, that is equivalent to whatever 100% of your business output is at the time. And to somehow bring that down, to somehow bring that down, and wood and coal, oh my gosh, there's nothing like wood and coal pizzas. Nothing like it. One city official said about 100 pizzas could be impacted, 100 pizzerias could be impact, impacted. Well, I mean, why is that? Because all the other ones are gas and electric? I have I have friends who have gas and electric stoves for their, their pizzerias. I mean, of course, they have to be, I think the electric ones have to be kept on at night to a low degree because to start them up cold in the morning would be is like suicide. They have to always simmer. I believe so. Things what they're saying. But um, I guess there's only about a hundred or so pizzerias that are wood and coal burning. And like I said, there's nothing like those. All New Yorkers deserve to breathe healthy air and wood and coal fire stoves are among the largest contributors of harmful pollutants in neighborhoods with poor air quality, said Ted Timbers. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. It's like the Titanic is sinking and these people are putting those, 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 uh, the $50 Home Depot water pumps into the, uh, into the poop deck. They're lowering it into the poop deck to pump it out with a garden hose. That's what they're doing, these idiots. That's what they're doing. That's how much of an impact this is going to have. But when you're in government, whether it's local, state, federal, the, the whole, the point is, don't be seen just standing there. Don't just be sitting idle. You always have to be doing something. You have to be doing something at all times. And this is, and this is this is what is um, the result of that kind of, that kind of impulsive way of living. So we'll see what happens with that, as the the throat of New York City continues to be slit, little by little every day. And, and you know, some cuts are bigger than others. We'll be right back. Don't go anywhere, ladies and gentlemen. Help me share this show, and so many more people who have never seen it before can watch it right now live for the first time. All right? Don't go nowhere. You let one ant stand up to us, then they all might stand up. Those puny little ants outnumber us a hundred to one. And if they ever figure that out, there goes our way of life. It's not about food. It's about keeping those ants in line. That's why we're going back. Does anybody else want to stay? Let's ride!
boca ahí. Okay, so here's what we got going on tonight. A little bit of table setting before Rich comes on. On Saturday night, another thing that we did outside of some Titanic lore and deep dives into the ritual symbolism that was um, that was just baked into all the details of last week's drama, melodrama, now that we know. I wonder if that'll come up with Rich today. But we were talking also about the uh, the afternoon's coup, a momentary coup d'etat in, in Russia and the terrible takes. I, I Somebody had, had written, I th- who the hell was it? Was it Luongo? Uh, Tom Luongo? Tom Luongo of Gold Goats and Guns blog. I love the description he said that, that for about 12 hours it made just Twitter unreadable. And it uh, just awful stuff. It really was. Um, I'm so happy. It just was not compelled to to throw things out there. But I was collecting a lot of opinions, a lot of theories, things that were interesting. And we'll see how it all shakes out. I have a few that was submitted tonight that I'll read in the second half. But I found it really hard to believe. And like I said, we'll see where it goes. I found it really hard to believe that Russians were killed by a rogue mercenary commander, which is not really mercenary. But and then Putin would denounce them as a traitor and then drop all the charges, allow the traitor to go to Belarus and then offer his troops a chance to be conscripted into or to sign up into the Russian army. Because, that, I mean, that, that's one version of events. Um, if you remember the reports of Russian helicopters being shot down, I haven't seen anything. Still, no, nothing that has has been confirmed in any of that, in any of that, any respect. Then you have people like this, this Mario Noffel guy, who has been made the the Twitter Spaces king, and it's no wonder why, because my God, he is so blue pilled. It's unreal. Russia coup. What happened? Who won? And what's next? Here's everything that has happened since the coup failed. We know that at least 15 Russian soldiers were killed during the incident, uh, with the bulk of them being from helicopters shot down by Wagner forces. Is that the case? Because I did not see anything about that. Send me some confirmation on that if you know what he's talking about. All criminal charges against Prigozhin, the Wagner chief, has been dropped. If there were 15 Russian soldiers and downed helicopters by this guy, he would be the charges would be dropped during negotiations between the president of Belarus Lukashenko and Prigozhin changes in the leadership of Russia's Ministry of Defense were not discussed all Wagner fighters will return to their bases and sign contracts with the Russian military not all of them Prigozhin will be transferred to Belarus as part of the deal struck between Prigozhin, Lukashenko, and Putin. No one seems to know the current whereabouts of Prigozhin. Zelensky's office reported that they were disappointed with Prigozhin's decision to withdraw forces. They were, dis- they were, they were, uh, I-, I don't know why. See, that's another thing. They were disappointed with Prigozhin's decision to withdraw forces. Even though if Prigozhin had his way, Kiev would have been turned to glass months ago 
months ago. So that's another thing, the, 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 the complete change, the complete change from the, the, commie, uh, the, the commie globalist front in the media. You see how their tone and timber and the way that they describe Prigozhin, Wagner, it changed over the course of hours because at one point they're like, oh, they're taking out Putin. And then, uh, and then they went back to being terrorists when they went away. They were freedom fighters when they were going toward Russia. They were turned back into terrorists when they were going away. It was just, a, it, was, it was horrendous. It was so shitty to watch. I said, oh, God, thank God I was cutting apart a 500-pound king-size mattress with an army knife because I had other things I wanted. I, I, couldn't, I couldn't read that all day. And here's his thoughts, Mario. He says, Putin is weaker than ever, and Prigozhin's life will forever be in danger. The winner, Ukraine and the West. Why? Why? I mean, I mean it, it, the whole thing is curious, but I don't understand how anybody can have draw any kind of a solid conclusion, let alone this one. I mean, I mean the, uh, Ukraine is in an in impossible spot. They're not going to win the war. Then suddenly there's this hiccup. There's this hiccup. What the hell is it all about? Mario says, I would not be surprised if a peace deal is reached this year between Russia and Ukraine. Russia cannot afford to continue this war. Do you agree? What? Motherf- I- I'll tell you, man. I-, I don't know. It's no wonder why he has been anointed the Twitter Spaces King. He's like the, the, the king of the blue pills. So I-, I-, I don't know. I don't pretend to know what was going on out there, but that shit... That doesn't pass the sniff test. Doesn't pass the sniff test at all. And here is a um, a piece of Putin's speech today that's been translated by Rich Barris and his people over there at People's Pundit. This was posted to his locals. Here's what he said. Vladimir Putin addressed the nation of Russia Monday evening local time. I typed as fast as I possibly could listening to the translator and here's the text. There has been a tremendous coming together of society, a unification of society. There has been a firm support. Hold on a second. I should start up the. Um, I should start up the meetings. I don't know what the hell I'm doing over here. Let's see. There has been a firm support. Let's see. Of the constitutional order by all the leading parties, all of them have been united in the face of the responsibility to defend the fatherland. The organizers of this rebellion must understand they will be brought to justice. This is a criminal activity, and it must be punished. This was a colossal threat, and it was a threat from the outside. However, the organizers of this rebellion have betrayed these people who were dragged into this organization. This kind of suicide is precisely what the neo-Nazis here and in the West wanted. They wanted Russian soldiers to kill each other, for servicemen and civilians to be killed. Now, right there, I'm wondering to myself, the organizers. So, who are the organizers? Because if Prigozhin and, and, and most of his company over here, this, this, uh, this group, were allowed to go about their way and have charges dropped, then obviously they weren't the organizers. They were roped in. You said Prigozhin was, uh, was dangling on somebody else's String? He was... Uh, that I, I, don't, I don't get. Ultimately, they wanted Russia to fall. 
to fail. Our society to be fragmented, to be splintered. They wanted to take revenge for their failures at the front, but they slipped up. They made a mistake, especially with regard to the special services, which maintained their oath to the country. The courage, the sacrifice of the people of these organizations saved the fatherland. At the same time, we learn that the overwhelmingly, the overwhelming majority of Wagner Group are also patriots to the country. They have proven their courage in defending Donbass, and yet were encouraged to fight against their compatriots. By turning back, they avoided further bloodshed. We also have to talk about the people who decided to take these actions, which would have had tragic and uh, devastating consequences for Russia as a whole. I should like to thank those commanders and soldiers in PMC Wagner Group who made the right decision to stop, go back, and, and prevent bloodshed. No, no mention there of downed helicopters and 15 dead. I urge all of them to make contact with the Ministry of Defense or go back to their homes. This promise will be fulfilled, I repeat. It is a choice of each of you, a choice of the warriors of Russia who have acknowledged their fault. President Lukashenko also should be recognized for his role in achieving peaceful resolution. It is a patriotic duty of everyone which has saved us and saved our country as a whole. Now, do you... Your theories are always going to be uh, welcome? Uh, If this is really all there is to this, and it's not Kabuki, if it is Kabuki, the Russians do it on a whole different level than we do. But this sounds, the way that this reads and the way that he has, Putin has read on camera how serious and truly authentically pissed off he's looked on camera over the last couple of days, it looks like a real crisis was averted and not theater. But the dropping of charges... The dropping of charges and the severe tone of the de- of the denouncements don't make sense to me. Doesn't make sense. And if you were any of those soldiers, would you ever spend a day not looking over your shoulder? I, I it's just one it's just one of so many weird things that are going on right now as we are just uh, I don't know that quickening. That's one thing I'd love to talk about again. We got to go back around to the quickening. It just keeps getting quicker. <laughs> hey, what's going on, Rich? Welcome back. <laughs> How do I get myself to look like a founding father? Oh, you see that? You know, I, I forgot to I forgot to bring my um, what you call it my uh, camera onto the so you won't be able to see me tonight. But you see my default picture. Somebody drew me as a founding father with a. With a uh, a stogie in my mouth, it's um. I'll, t- I'll tell you what, Frank. That looks like a doobie, not a stogie. You're right. It and is. I'll also say this. Look, Washington, a little bit. You got a little bit of Washington, you. A little bit. <laughs> it, it, I mean, you just need the. You just need something. Some, uh, we got to do something with the hair. It's just too. Uh, it's Italian, Frank. There's nothing I can do about it but shave it. It's you too. Know it's that. too preppy right uh, now. Too preppy. I don't have much options. It's greaser or no greaser. <laughs> Dude, you know, I just you know I just took this from your from your website. You did a, a translation of this Putin speech, and yeah. I just wanted to ask you. I mean, the, oh my God, he knows Russian. Well, what he says, what he says about the organizers of this rebellion, they must understand they will be brought to justice. Who do you think the organizers are? Because he's not talking about Prigozhin. Uh, but I will say this. Um, Putin has a habit of not naming his opposition by name, even when he talked about him. Even, you know, the, remember that uh, from like 2015, 16, there was uh, somebody got poisoned. They blamed Putin for killing him. I forgot his name. I mean, I'm sorry. I don't mean to denigrate him, but he has a habit of not naming opposition. That being said, 
I'm not ready to conclude here that that's what's going on. I think, honestly, if you really read between the lines, Frank, he's talking to CIA. He's talking to us. If you really read behind the lines, he says, the organizers of this rebellion must understand they will be brought to justice. This criminal activity, this is criminal activity, and it must be punished. He goes on to say what a colossal threat it was, and then he said that the the, the organizers, organizers of this were duped by uh, to get they were duped to get into this rebellion by someone else, and they betrayed us from being duped. And then he and and he goes on uh, and he blames the outside, which I know a lot of people think is nonsense, but believe me, it's not. If you actually listen to non-Western media. He says, this kind of suicide is precisely what the neo-Nazis here and in the West wanted. They wanted Russian soldiers to kill each other for servicemen and, and servicemen and civilians to be killed. And then he adds, uh, basically, uh, where is it? There's one more part that's really, really interesting. Um, he, he praises the Wagner group, by the way. And he, he basically says that this was to sow discord and uh that they were trying to get they were trying to get revenge or trying to get like you know to 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 save face from their failures on the battlefield and you know frank i don't know how uh yeah. how else to read that i, I don't know either don't know oh, oh go ahead go ahead no I, I don't know either you know as far as the whole cia thing i, I i've seen that all over the place and it's, CIA killed Prigozhin's friend less than a year ago, which a lot of people don't know. A reporter uh, who was uh, covering uh, this, you know, movement against Ukraine, they delivered a gift to him sitting in a cafe, which blew him and others up. And uh, from what I understand, Prigozhin wanted he man, he wanted blood, you know, and Putin told him know a more measured response so think about that in the context of people all through the weekend frank saying you know thank god Prigozhin he went from a warlord to a hero because he was going to take out putin right these idiots like goldberg the atlantic all these morons and they thought well anyone's better than putin putin was the measured one frank he was the one who said, I don't want scorched earth in Ukraine. We're going to have to govern these territories that we take back when we're done. Pogosian wanted to level everything. Um, there's a lot going on that people don't understand, really, or no, because the Western media just doesn't know how to report. Oh, yeah, well, I, I, the, my whole thing with this is that, and I said it before, I think it was the only conclusion I did draw on, on Saturday, is that... Um, we can say for sure that at the at the least russian state media is as trustworthy as western state media so so uh, you know it's really just we're no matter, better frank we're no better come it, on yeah it come really on. is just okay go out there and consume what you can um and try to make sense of it yourself have some you know well reasoned well tempered conversations with your friends try to work That's it out i mean all, all we have is speculation and and you That's know right. what um d d uh, you know contrary to how our 
captors over here play everything through the media and they leak and they they try to hide themselves through selective leaking and all that other stuff i do not see much much of that going on on the russian end of things and i would have to imagine we're not going to really ever get a full picture of what's going on frank collusion was fake Nancy Pelosi, in the face of Adam Schiff being censured, said that this was a waste of time, a disgrace to the House, that Adam Schiff was one of the greatest. Here's a quote. Adam Schiff is one of the greatest members ever in this House. I mean, Frank, come (laughs) on. And then the MSNBC, NBC, they all regurgitate it. Come on. And by the way, Biden's bribery schemes have been known for more than two and a half years. This has been known. They only care now because they don't think Biden could beat Trump. So now they're throwing him to the wolves. This is no different than uh, North Korean state media and Putin state media. They have the nerve to ban Peter and George because their show was hosted by RT. You have the nerve to do that when you have people like Rachel Maddow on your networks every day and you, you want to judge them. You want to look down on them. Are you kidding me? Are you? I, come on. Frank, well, well, the truth is uh, you got to learn it on your own now. Oh, you uh, yeah. find anyone to disseminate anything for you. Well, stay right, stay right there. Then the IRS whistleblowers and the the limp-wristed pushback, uh, Rich. It's incredible. I mean, you you have it, it doesn't matter how many affidavits, doesn't matter how many times somebody comes forward, doesn't matter how many text messages just written. I mean, everything just written out. Doesn't matter how many text messages, proof. You can you can deliver enough proof to choke an elephant, and the response is going to be the same at this point. It's a private family issue. We've already comment. We have already commented on that, even though you you haven't. Or just simply shame any dissent as being detrimental to a cherished institution or whatever the hell it is. Merrick Garland, who is uh, probably one of the more um, despicable but un, you know unnoteworthy um, yeah. figures in American a, history, like a real skid mark. Pushover. Seriously. Pushover. This man was almost a justice on the U.S. Supreme Court, ladies and gentlemen. And then he was sold to us as a moderate. Marinate on this for a second. Listen, this whistleblower, something better become of this because they ruin their lives for nothing. If anything, you know what? They have to sleep at night, so it's not for nothing. But they expect when they come forward to be heard, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, don't you, as a whistleblower, you're thinking that I have to I have to live with myself as a man or a woman, and I have to be happy with who I am. But God, I hope my this isn't all in vain. I hope people listen. Think about Tony Bobulinski before the the election. Nothing. Nothing. Right? What did he sacrifice? These people knew all of this, and that maybe whether for what I'll take it if I you know if I can get it. But these people hopefully have been uh whistleblowers in a different you know epoch where it's not tony bobolinsky anymore they're not trying to win an election like that anymore uh but at the same time they know that they're not in control one thing good elon musk did he bought twitter they cannot stop these these stories from being known to people anymore frank we talked about this last time and the last time i came on the show right and we said you know you asked me well, remember, do you remember during 2020, what do we, what, you know, I don't want to say guaranteed we have, but 
what hope do we have that people will see these stories, they'll know of these stories. It's obvious that they have lost at least some control of that, you know, that that vehicle that delivers information to people and people are hearing it. And that's why they're throwing them to the wolves now, Frank. It is. I mean, their only major problem is that Kamala Harris is not um, any better. Joe Biden is ironically the strongest candidate that we have polled against Donald Trump this cycle. Um, but, you know, when, when you get into these whistleblowers, that's one whistleblower and a small amount of detail from just one whistleblower, of which there are many. So if it was that bad with one, how bad is it, you know, overall? And you and I, after 2020, I got to back up. I, I got to rewind people. Well, wait, 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 wait. Let me ask you, hold, hold that okay. thought. Let me ask you this then. If they're throwing him to the wolves, and I would like to revisit that as well just to talk about Maybe to use that as a segue to ask you some questions about RFK Jr., but if they're throwing him to the wolves, why would they serve us up four days of death clock countdowns for the submarine that was had already met its demise on last Sunday? I mean, it, it, they're trying to get everybody to watch this 90-hour countdown for these people to lose oxygen. They had already been dead, and uh, obviously, obviously, it was some sort of a... Of a uh, of a of a contrived shield or something like that. Why not allow the the full atten- undivided attention of the of whoever the hell cares about this kind of stuff? Because that's the other thing that we all all tend to think. Desperation, brother. Desperation. But why not? But why? You desperate? don't always make the best decisions, you know, when you're desperate. And Harris is not a great replacement. They're going to have to feed. Look, it would have to be incredibly elaborate i know most people think they're going to just supplant gavin newsom the last time we pulled it gavin newsom was getting his ass kicked nope you know i mean on your show but he was getting crushed by donald trump worse than biden worse than harris uh so they would have to pull off some extreme super delegate nonsense to get whoever they want because it's not going to be rfk frank they're not going to accept rfk so that gives you a little bit of insight into well then why would they do this still to help biden why would they desperation i mean they'll pull it off if they can but i think something happened in the last 24 48 hours of last week the news cycle of last week where they realized that this this week i don't think we can contain this and now they're starting to get worried um there have been a number of media polls that came out that show uh, people are, they, they know now. You know, when we pulled this in 2020, the Hunter Biden laptop, the Biden news reports, you know, kickbacks to the big guy, not many people comparatively to Hillary Clinton's email scandal knew about that. We have a long way to go before general election, and there's nothing they can do from, we're not talking about an August or October surprise where they can hide it and bury it. It's been it's going to be a year, Frank, of mm. constant dripping. People are going to know. And I think uh, they know that they have a real heavy task to replace Biden. But at the same time, they got it. They got to figure out something they're going to do to get somebody else to rescue, you know, the party here or not just the part, because it's really about the old entire administrative state. That's what it comes down to. Uh, and, and they're in a bad they're in a bad situation. Yeah. I think they thought that these indictments would take Trump out and people would run scared, stop supporting him, and that didn't happen. So they're 
You well, know, you, know what? you spend a lot of time, and you have a co-host, regular co-host in, in uh, Robert Barnes, and you, got, you spend a lot of time not only analyzing trends with, the, with people around the country and how, they are, how they're, they're receiving certain headlines and, and breaking news and all that stuff. It's part of your job, but you also have a lot of friends that handle things in a lot more specialized way, like case law and everything else. What are some sure. of your friends that are in that, uh, that line of work saying about the, uh, the, the Trump, Trump's ability to beat this in court, even though it sounds like it's not even going to get adjudicated until after the 2024 election. It looks like, yeah, because now, right, Jack himself, he wants a, you know, he wants a delay. Uh, so it looks like they were going to try to push forward on this, but now they're saying they need additional time of witnesses. Look, from what I understand, I'm not a lawyer, but from all, like you said, uh, between Robert Barnes and we had a great uh, guest on Inside the Numbers, Will Sharf. He's running for the Attorney General of uh, Missouri, right? The Show Me State. They both really believe that a lot of this hinges. It's a crazy theory that ties the Espionage Act to the Presidential Records Act, which is nuts to begin with. But it really all does rely because you have to prove Trump's state of mind. And in order to do that, you have to violate attorney-client privilege and then take it out of context. So they all think that at the end of the day, maybe they could violate your attorney-client privilege, Frank. Mm. Maybe they could violate my attorney-client privilege. But this is going to be in front of the nation. And they can't do it to a former president, at least not easily, and at least not in front of this judge, and at least not in front of this kind of a jury in this jurisdiction. You know, he did not charge Trump in D.C., folks. He charged him in a potential pool of former uh, refugee, refugees from communism. I mean, this is not—people really have to think this over. In the Harvard-Harris poll, almost 60% think Trump will be acquitted. And if he's not acquitted, a majority thinks that he'll be, he should be, pardoned. So this is not the indictment to take him down, Frank. It's not. I think on the horizon here, we all have to look towards some way that they twist the law to make it so they can indict him on some kind of insurrection charge. Because that's the only one where there's a, a legal argument to try to remove him from the ballot. It is. There's a story out today. Um, you read Loomer, by the way? No. I'm not a major fan of Loomer. No. But I do know the story that she put out today, and I know it's true. And what, What's the story? The, the story is about Kevin McCarthy, who needed Trump to become the speaker, using subverting Donald Trump's candidacy by using his Rolodex of donors to support Ron DeSantis. It's all true. It's all true. Um None of these people give money to candidates without Kevin McCarthy's okay. And none of them, if you were to speak to them privately in a room, would tell you, well, I gave to Ron DeSantis, Ron DeSantis this much because I think he's going to beat Trump outwardly. No, they, they're not going to tell you that. They're going to tell you that we're going to figure out some way to unbind these delegates or – Trump will be removed from the ballot and we'll be able to do something with that and we'll be the replacement um, because they do, nobody seriously believes that he's going to be able to beat him at the ballot box. They just don't, Frank. I mean, we have to stop playing this game. A lot of us who are more interested in telling our audiences the truth, we have to stop playing the game that the media is playing. Nobody is at a lead like this guy is a lead. They really are not running because... Chris Christie thinks he's going to be president or Mike Pence thinks he's going to be president. This is a race to run for the replacement 
if and when they are able to pull this off. And it's becoming less clear whether they are, you know, because the bottom line is Republicans in the primary are, I'm not sure of anything that they hit this guy with is going to make them feel like it's so bad and it's so credible and so legitimate that they need to withdraw their support for him. So even if this grand scheme was to come to fruition, there's going to be a revolt with voters, Frank. They're just going to eat it. You know, they're going to flip out. So it's such a, a folly. It's such folly. And But that's what they believe because they live in another world than the rest of us. Wow. Um, on, uh, on the... And by the way, the California Republican Party is having a meltdown. I got like 22 texts since that article has been published just over it. And based on, they are flipping out. She stepped on it. She was over the target. They lost it. Hmm. Wow. I mean, that's on one side. That's what we're dealing with on one side. You have a a guy, and and I always have to preface this because there's plenty of people out there who are just watching this as, as if they would put on a soap opera and uh and just kind of predict where it's like a hallmark movie where is it going to go who's going to be the you know how's it all going to end up does the does the guy save the farm and blah 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 well in this respect there's nobody that can challenge trump in a primary sense i understand that and we'll get the whole thing that's going on there then you have the you have you have the other side though rfk jr what is he doing um after the public shitting of the bed of people like Dr. Hotez, the Church of Scientism, and Joe Biden, his DOJ, his family absolutely getting battered silly over the last couple of weeks. Is he moving the needle at all? Or is this is this all moving the needle at all for RFK? Or is he still just too too dangerous and too outside of the uh, outside of of what mainstream Democrats look for these days to really be considered in a serious way? Well, first of all, Dr. Hotez, you're a coward. Nobody knows who you are, so stop pretending like you're such a big name. You can't reduce yourself to debate RFK. Nobody knows who you are. Everyone knows you're afraid. Stop pissing your pants like a little baby and debate the guy. Um, That's number one. Number two, uh, if it wasn't for that controversy, nobody would know who he is, right? Right. Number two, um, RFK is moving the needle in a sense that there's a, a a bit of a connection to 2016 where you know bernie did not have to come out and endorse donald trump but there's a huge number of rfk voters who i hate to say it but are soon to be disenfranchised rfk voters who are not going to have a home in the general election they will never vote for ron DeSantis. let's get not come on you know stop eating the shrooms they'll never vote for ron DeSantis. they'll never vote for mike pence They'll never vote for Chris Christie. They'll never vote for Nikki Haley. But they, 40% of them, 38 in the last poll we did, would vote for Donald Trump. So that's a synergy that we all have to keep paying attention to because I'll tell you, Frank, if it wasn't for the 12 to 18% who told us that in 2016, Bernie voters, uh, then Trump would not have carried Michigan. He may not have carried uh, some of these other states like Wisconsin, Pennsylvania, I think it would have carried anyway, but it's just different. But, um, you know, th- this is is moving the needle if Trump ends up being the nominee, which is the most likely scenario if they don't remove him from war- uh, lawfare. But here's the problem. RFK, it's not just our polling, it's everybody's polling. If you look inside the crosstabs, you'll see it. 
His problem is that he's not breaking into the typical Democratic base. Is last week, his favorability notably rose among self-identified Democrats, which is important because that's been the base for Biden. I know it sounds crazy and it's hard to believe, but progressives, self-identified Democrats have stuck with Biden. RFK's support that he has, and in our poll, it usually is between 10 and 20%. Others have been about 20, others have been about 15. I mean, 15 is about right. That comes from independents in certain states where independents are eligible, you know, semi-open or open primaries, where they're eligible to vote in those contests or participate in those caucuses. He's not broken into the Democratic area. Now, he does better among whites, Catholic whites. So a place like New Hampshire could be a real problem for Joe Biden. They never liked Joe Biden. Even if, even in Iowa, if uh, RFK was to really be able to organize and get precinct captains everywhere, he may be able to do something. But right now it's not really worked out. But you can tell they're afraid that something could catch fire because they're moving the calendar. South Carolina, which RFK, unlike some of his family members, he's not been able to appeal to non-white Democrats. And Joe Biden is very strong in a state like South Carolina in a primary. So they're going to move that to the front of the calendar and they're going to screw RFK. I mean, I'm just going to tell you all heard it here. If you didn't know it, that's what's going to happen. They're going to shuffle the calendar just to avoid any un, uh, un, you know, uh, unseen, unpredicted win by RFK that can derail them because momentum is contagious in a primary. So if he was to do better than expected in Iowa, move on and win New Hampshire, a New England state, Joe Biden could have a problem. Narrative-wise, even if he winds up winning, he'll look like a beaten, wounded incumbent president. They don't want that. So they're going to move uh, South Carolina up where he actually did well, which they already did, by the way, or they really, it's almost done. But that's what they're going to do. And they'll do it to the, much to the chagrin of New Hampshire voters. So again, is he moving the needle in these indirect ways he is? Because if you're a New Hampshire voter, are you not gonna be pissed that you lost your first in the nation primary status? Of course you are. Come the general, you may, you know, you may, if you're an independent, because it's an open primary, you may, uh, and and, yeah. and it's the only differently. Uh, they only lost their first in the nation primary status just because of they they know that the the preeminent the preeminent candidate probably will have a weaker time there than another state. It's really only about yes. acting in the now for this one guy. Yes, one hundred percent. Joe Biden does better with non-white Democrats. They're afraid of progress not only progressive they're afraid of independent moderate democrats like independently thinking moderate democrats and to some extent there are certain liberals that are younger uh but he has the problem rfk has is he's not really beat into that progressive uh base that other progressive candidates like bernie sanders who went against hillary clinton uh you know hillary won the moderate and more conservative democratic vote where bernie won the progressive vote it's a very different party than than it was back then so until rfk starts to chip away at that frank you know numbers wise 
he doesn't have a chance without the primary momentum factor. Hmm. And they're going to take that. They're going to take that right out from underneath him. I mean, bottom line, they're going to move the, uh, the South Carolina primary ahead. Watch. Watch. Because hmm. psychologically, then he's he's just, from the get-go, he's he's coming up from behind. Even though He'll get killed. He'll yeah. lose by 30, 40 points in that primary, at least. You know, so uh, he's going to get killed. He has no relationship to Southern Democratic black voters. And he's going to get crushed, and then the media narrative will be, this was a whole lot of hype, not a lot of delivery, not a lot of voters behind it, and they'll just move on from there. Uh, speaking of New Hampshire, since we're already talking about that, <laughs> what happened, What you know, going back to Ron DeSantis... Well, since you're on, I want to I want to get all this stuff because I OD yeah. I OD on the on the last month uh, the last Monday of the month with you on all this stuff, and then the rest the the rest of the month we just do other shit. So I uh, I want to know about this. What happened? He stumbled. Ron DeSantis had a, some kind of a problem in in uh, in New Hampshire, not physical problem. Listen, I've been telling people for two months now. The lead Donald Trump has has been in the primary specifically, but even in the strength in, in the general election that he's had is coming from Republican women and independent women. And people's heads explode, Frank, because it's so counter to the narrative that we've heard. The suburban educated woman, the white woman, right? The bottom line is you don't want to get into a fight with a Republican women's group in an early primary state that has been considered, and I don't think this is an understatement, I don't, has been considered to be one of, if not the most important groups in the state if you wanna win the primary. And what happened with the DeSantis camp is becoming something that's like, it's becoming a, you know, they're getting tagged now with this kind of reputation. When Donald Trump was invited to the Federation of Republican Women in, in New Hampshire, he sold it out. It's going to be a big event in Concord. It is traditional that you don't compete with that event. They're a um, an impartial group. You'll have your turn. You don't make waves with them. And eventually you're going to get your invite, so you'll have your chance. Instead, the DeSantis campaign decided that they were going to schedule a competing event uh, in another part of the state. But nevertheless, you don't do that. And instead, when, when this group, several people have in the group became public and vocal about it and it became an issue uh instead this is becoming a pattern with the desantis campaign instead of saying we're sorry we didn't know we'll go to iowa we'll go to south carolina that day god knows you have so much uh money from mega donors you should have no problem changing your schedule like that and going somewhere else instead of doing that they fought with them and they came across with the attitude that we hear from so many people, the delegation in Pennsylvania that now endorsed Donald Trump, even in his own state, the congressional delegation that supported Donald Trump and over their own governor. This guy and the people around him do not seem to give rats, you know what, about anybody else. Hmm. They don't, and they have bad peer-to-peer -peer relationships with them. So they caused, they got into a scrap with, with them, which caused the Trump team to jump on them. Politico uh, mirroring the Washington Post is, my God, what is wrong with these people? It's like, it's rookie, that rookie mistake is what it says in the, in the, um, in the article. I, I just say it's amateur hour. It goes back to over-promising and underperforming in the announcement, Frank. Like, you don't do that. These are rookie, rookie mistakes. 
But part of that in with this article about New Hampshire really has to do with personal relationships. And that is something that has been lacking with DeSantis. And that's why, you know, Chris Christie, his entire campaign is a New Hampshire or all strategy. So he's nipping now at DeSantis's heels and the entire political uh, article is saying no wonder. I mean, that's really what it comes down to. Oh, and let me just say, when he blew that announcement, in the state of New Hampshire, he lost two major endorsements from legislators who said, if you cannot run a political campaign announcement, you can't run the country. So I'm rescinding my endorsement, and I'm endorsing the former president because he's tried and tested. You're talking about the choice to, to announce on Twitter? Story. You're talking about the choice to announce on Twitter in spaces? Not only that, the choice to announce there is questionable. The delivery of it was a disaster. And people can blame Elon Musk all they want, but it's your team. As a you know, somebody, especially at the presidential level, it's the team's job to make sure that your candidate is not subject to that kind of embarrassment. And when that happened and it was a total disaster, uh, you, t- you saw two prominent female, both of them, uh, lawmakers in New Hampshire say, I'm rescinding my endorsement of Ron DeSantis, and I'm endorsing Donald Trump. So this is things piling up. Do you see the tape from Larry, above all people, I know I, I hate to cite him, but Larry Hogan. Did you see the interview with Larry Hogan last week? No. On CBS? No. He was explaining Ron DeSantis's mistakes. The campaign immediately attacked him for it. They are not capable of taking constructive criticism. And what I understand is this, people on the right, on the MAGA right, like to dunk on people like Jeff Rowe and the Cruz crew, right, it's the same people. But in fact, the truth is, from what many of us have heard, this is really the influencers on Twitter the, and social media, the people who won, who think they won uh, him that big victory in 2022, they really run it and it's actually hard for the consultant professionals to get their point across so instead of listening to constructive criticism i don't know frank holding a monday at 2 p.m you know weekly zoom call to talk about what's working what's not it's not getting through and there i had a i I have to go to texas this week i'm getting ready to go and i have a, a consultant friend of mine who was like you know i don't get it I've been doing this 20 years. You've been doing this, what, 10, 15 years? What the hell is their strategy here? To piss off 70% of the Republican base, 70% of the vote, and then beg for their vote in a general election? If Trump is removed from the ballot, I don't understand it. Make it make sense. I can't. I, I guess it, it I guess it really is just a matter of anybody who isn't Trump right now running on that ticket is is really just setting themselves up for the possibility the carnival the, the carnival yes. the carnival wheel possibility that they'll get the nomination by default and that's really it um let me ask but you frank that yeah. will result in like a 10 to 20 percent decline in republican turnout i know people, I, people who vote only for donald trump are never going to come out for the replacement candidate what they don't understand because they're too stupid and they live in a bubble is that you're going to end up with 60 million votes like mitt romney and joe biden's going to get 85 90 million harvested it's going to be the worst blowout in american history i mean it's unbelievable how dumb these people are it really is but then again our country's failing political campaigns constantly make the same mistakes so why you know what would we why would we 
expect anything different. I don't know. Right? I think as long as as long as palms are getting greased and people get That's some right, brother. They're getting uh, palms getting greased and people get uh, some select airtime. You know, building up brands at this point. It seems to me that there is a bipartisan locking of arms for a while now. That they just oh, it, it, can we at least all just right. agree on closing the book on Trump so we can go back to our regular bullshit where we hate each other but we're just you know. We're just we're just trying to stay in our orbit. I mean, that's just really. I think they just want to close the the book on him because this is the most. This has been the most um, tumultuous uh, seven years ever. Uh, you know, it, it, we've always lived with this kind of red versus blue nonsense, uh, rock'em sock'em robots. But it's just which is a charade, though, Frank. I mean, yeah, it's, a, it's I, a total charade. And, and, you and know I what? think that's their problem. Voters know that they're not ready to get. They're not. Look, seventy percent of the Republican Party, upwards of eighty, if you believe the CBS News poll, they're not ready to go back to that. They never want to go back to that. And this is something that 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 lane doesn't seem to understand you know we're not talking about trump has the conservative vote desantis has the moderate vote uh christie is the liberal vote no he's winning every single one of those votes you know what and it is it's rich time to really think why yeah you why? know it, it, for me and i it's, you know obviously i'm just i'm just projecting and i don't i don't know what it is but i think from a <laughs> from a standpoint of you know the whole the whole rock'em sock'em robots thing that the projection the red versus blue uh, again, it's not because Donald Trump is a, a man without flaws and, and a man that who is beyond re beyond reproach or beyond suspicion or wonder what the hell is, you know, what was he thinking on this? What was he thinking on this appointment, this endorsement, whatever the hell, whatever he put his, his, uh, his pen to. It's not about that. It's more so about regardless of who he is, it is obvious that the people that we could all agree can't stand us and that we hate them reciprocally. It, they uh, they are made uncomfortable by his presence, and a vote for them being uncomfortable, <laughs> it, it, that is good enough for the most yeah. of you know you know yeah just, you're right you're right the, a vote people for them tell me all the time Frank when we're polling people tell me all the time you know I was and by the way I remember this in 2016 as well but I can't believe I still hear it in 2024 or 2023 but you know towards that election if they hate him so much. You know, like, I feel like they hate me, then obviously he's my guy. Like, they don't seem to hate anybody else as much as they hate him, and I know they hate me. And they're identifying with that. You know, so no matter what you want to say about any of the other candidates, Frank, they nothing. They're, they're not shifting heaven and earth to stop any of those other guys. And to the average American voter... They look at it and they say, why? Why? It must be because, you know, ABC. It's not that hard to put together. Yeah. And that, has a, it's powerful. It really is. It's powerful. Well, let me ask you this question. It's probably the, the last big uh, topic I have for you tonight. But now that June is rolling down, and I have to Thank say, God. this had to have been, and, and, and it's a good thing, the worst <laughs> pride, the worst pride month ever because the all of the goodwill in the bank has been spent all of the illusion of there being some kind of an inclusive peaceful group of people that just like to dress in tutus on Christopher Street is gone it's all gone it is a it is a politically a politically militant it is a pervasive 
malignant, degenerate, predatory corporate front. And all of the magic is gone. I love that aspect of it, the, how Major League Baseball has gotten beaten up, the, what we saw outside of Dodger Stadium, still the Bud Light thing, and all, you know, all, the, all the different types of ways that people have expressed their absolute disgust with all this stuff. How is it, have you done any polls related to just how rough of a month this has been for all of the activist class out there. How, how are people picking up on this stuff? Because for me, personally, it looks like it has been a rough one, and I love it. You know, between that and um, I think it was Mark Lovener on, on Twitter gave me two great polling ideas for this month that I have not done yet. And one had to do with this. The other had to do with, did you get the shot? Do you regret getting the shot? Which I like that idea. But I, I haven't polled it, but I will tell you this, two things. One is, it has always been a minority. Nobody has ever liked the LGBTQ, RSTUV, XYZ activist agenda. And it's always been a minority. But, you know, I have to just give them this anecdotal, but... They know what I do for a living, so of course they they we talk about it. Two prominent, who I respect and is a huge part of my life, two prominent uh, gay men in my family have told me, and we've talked about it recently because of this crazy month. They never that you know they first did years ago try to get into the community of it, and just thought that it was not okay. And that it really had nothing to do about being gay uh, and everything to do about forcing people to accept you and being outrageous. And they always told me that they would overstep, Frank. They always told me. It's like, have you ever been to a gay pride parade? It's only going to get worse. Mm -hmm. They will overstep. And ironically, both of them this month said, see, this is it. They yeah. both believe that this is the point when... Americans, average Americans are just going to be like, it's not okay to parade down the road and mass naked, which are, you know what, waving in the wind. Like, it's not all right. Doesn't matter if you're heterosexual, homosexual, Americans won't tolerate that behavior. So I'm curious to see. I haven't done it. I'd like to do it. We'll just see. We'll have, but I do know that all of their issues that they've championed have been minority supported issues. And, you know, whether it's puberty blockers or gender neutral bathrooms, God, we pulled so much. We pulled it almost all. Americans don't support this, Frank. They don't. You know, they just don't. And and outward displays of um God, give me the word, Frank. Outward displays of thinking, what what the hell are we in here? Like a a Roman palace and like, you know, on a Saturday. I mean, oh, that's it, it, not yeah, right yeah. to people. I know. It's it, not oak. You know what I mean. It's, I don't it's, know how it's, to explain. It's, it's, it's just, just a, Caligula run wild. Like, what the hell is it's going It's a on? movable, a movable mobile orgy. And, yes. when, and when you think about, when you think about the whole concept 
so good of people getting together to show just how the it, it, that's the whole point you remember back in i remember in when i was growing up and all the stuff was gaining prominence in, in the media more and more it was just yeah. about hey listen we're, we're we want to be left alone and and we're right. just like we're just like right. everybody else and now we have gone into we need to be honored we need to be acknowledged as being something more than the normal because the normal the the whole cisgender nonsense i mean that that is all vanilla nonsense this is something that is beyond beyond average and we we need to be acknowledged as such and of course if you're gay and the only thing that really sets you apart from other people is the way that you have orgasms then you need to accentuate your 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 the way that you have sex you need to accentuate all your kinks, all of your fetishes, edit uh, fetishes, or or else you're just another guy online at Dunkin' Donuts that wants to get a coffee in the morning, and that's just the whole thing. Be- because it has gone so far beyond, and it, it it's just so mute, mutant. Um, it has to be just saturated with sex, and it's so inappropriate. And there's children all over the place, and it's um, it's angering. And uh, the for, forcing, Frank, is yeah, a problem. Yeah. The forcing is a problem. Most even, I was talking to somebody about this a couple of weeks ago, and Christian, by the way, would, would consider themselves an evangelical Christian. And, you know, I hop on these interviews all the time. I don't like, you know, uh, basically contracting these things out to call centers and not hearing or monitoring anything. I do obviously have people that do interviews for me, but I hop on them myself sometimes. I mean, I, I know people online who have heard from me personally. I, I've gotten, you know, so I, I do it for a reason. I want to personally stay in contact with people. And I, a couple of weeks ago, I spoke to this um, gentleman. He must be, I think it was like 35, evangelical. And, you know, he said, you know, I've been, a, uh, I lived in multiple states and I've been in multiple congregations, multiple different churches. Nowhere have I ever gone where the congregation was hostile to them and they just it's like if you have love and you know then and that's your thing and that that's fine behind closed doors that that's your lifestyle I don't approve of it but it's for God to judge what I don't like is anything being thrown up in front of the children like this and being publicly displayed uh, you know, in the public square, that's when it crosses the line. And I thought to myself as I was doing the interview, that's not evangelicals. That's like everyone, you know, <laughs> or the majority, not everyone, obviously, but the majority, no matter whether you consider yourself an evangelical Christian, a mainstream Protestant, a Catholic, a Muslim, by the way, in case nobody noticed what happened in uh, Michigan this month, um, which was for people who don't know what I'm talking about in 2015, 16, when Trump was running for president, he was critical over uh, city councils being taken over by people of Muslim faith. And he worried that they would uh, discriminate if it if it uh, was contrary to uh, constitutional rights, you know, if, if it was within the boundaries of their faith, that they would choose their their faith over the, the Constitution. Anyway, uh, they banned a pride flag, and now liberals were so pissed off because that happened, and they, they feel betrayed. And, you know, to me, it's like they never really hid their agenda, so I don't know why you feel betrayed. You just lied to yourself. Most of America would understand and actually probably sympathize with that city council. That's the truth. Like, you know, of course, you're not going to ban the flag. I mean, that's a little bit harsh to most Americans, but the public display 
of sexual behavior in any way like that. It doesn't matter whether you're hetero, you're homosexual, heterosexual, it doesn't matter. People don't want that stuff forced on them in their face and then certainly not exposed to children. And when you do that, it crosses the line. And, you know, it's funny that, uh, again, you know, this is a person who attends church on a weekly basis, you know, which is becoming a minority, but yet generally speaking in the, um, in the uh, consensus, you know, I mean, not at all a fringe position, Frank. And uh, to me, that was a, a bit of an eye-opening moment. Yeah, it was. Uh, it's been a lot of eye-openers uh, the last few weeks alone. And that is just a splayed... Coming for the children. Remember? Yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. We're coming I mean, for your children. Coming really? for your children. All, all over again, they're chanting it now. And, of course, if you were to say, well, I mean, look, look what they're doing. And they'll say, oh, well, it, it's a joke. Where it's tongue-in-cheek. No, it's not. No, it's, it's not, not. Because you want to know something. Uh, we want. We can get into origin stories, all what, what is natural, uh, what is what is nurtured into society. What we are living through right now is all nurtured. The expressions of non-binary existence and self-image crisis and all that stuff in Generation Z is not nature unleashed. It is dangerous psychological conditions. It is environmental toxins. It is the way that people are expressing uh, deep-seated trauma. Uh, nobody is acknowledging that a, yes, a, a, yeah. a, very, a very large chunk of so-called trans people are autistic. Nobody's acknowledging that. I mean, there, there is a lot of weird, weird, weird... Um, uh, uh, yeah, yeah, it's it's all the, the stats, Frank, yeah. from the Justice Department on you know because what, really what you're getting into, and again, the segments root cause, right? Nobody wants to talk about this in the way that is more productive because it's it's difficult, it's hard, and it's painful to confront that this is really a, a symptom of a very sick society. We have mass mental illness. Gallup, uh, their results last week to me were astonishing. So if you're, you know, not heterosexual, the, the percentage of you still in a heterosexual marriage where you're, you're carrying on a heterosexual lifestyle to me is astonishing. This is not exactly an oppressive environment anymore, Frank, right? If you are trans yet you're still in a marriage the percentage of people that are in a marriage to uh the sex that is opposite your biological sex then that is not indicative that you were born in the wrong body it's indicative that you have a mental illness and you're still carrying out what is your normal lifestyle um the stats from the justice department we had a review last month uh, about people who do try, you know, so double trans uh, relationships, um, you know, alternate lifestyle relation. The the amount of violence, Frank, in these, and I know I'm going to get pegged for this, but it doesn't matter. I mean, anyone can go to watch, you know, Justice. Well, watch what you say, Rich, and review this. Yeah, I mean, it, it is sad, Frank, because while we're refusing to have these difficult conversations, there are real people. Uh, with real emotions and real feelings and, you know, uh, real suffering, you know, real suffering that are being um, mistreated in certain uh, environments and relationships. And it's not, you know, there's no evangelical, Frank, 
taken out a uh, you know a, a strap because they're um, they don't approve of their lifestyle. They're mistreating each other, and that's because there's underlying issues there. And it's well, sad that we're not willing to confront them, and we're pretending this is some kind of a civil right or something. This is way beyond that. Way beyond. And by the way, you know, talking about um, those two gentlemen I was telling you about, they uh, it, hate being associated like they hate the lgbtq blah 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 plus you know um label they feel like i'm you know i'm gay and that's it i'm gay if if you're a man who thinks he's a woman and that's why he's attracted to other men then you're just a man who can't cope with the fact that he's attracted to other men and so you're not trapped in a you're not a man you're not a woman trapped in a man's body you're just unable to accept it and that's their view those are their views you know and it's like until they get through to that then we're just entertaining unfortunately their delusion well that's, and that's the, it's it's worse than entertaining you have to take advantage of people you're taking advantage of people in a vulnerable situation and assisting them in, in slipping further and further into that into that it. into that yeah. world so that you can then take advantage of them in some way to either show how compassionate you are, how progressive you are, or to be able to get them to go out there and 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 and, and advocate for whatever the the political um, you know cause du jour. Uh, it, it's. It's just sick, and and again, at the at the basis of everything is suffering people who are being taken advantage advantage of, and it's creating a cycle of abuse at this point. Rich, it's I, not humane, my friend. No, it's, it's not. not no, everything they don't is in. Hold the high ground here at all. No, Sad. the inhumanity of, uh, of of everything that we're dealing with is probably the worst part. Um, I, I can I can deal with political com- political composite uh, uh, competition and you know an uh, elections coming up and there's a debate about one idea or another. It's all right to have differences. It's okay to be rooting for different things as long as we're all we're, we all have something in common that that binds us together. That's gone and and now yeah. what we're talking about is we're just getting lost in the uh, the quagmire of these really uh, debased social mutated social issues where we're we're getting into i don't know there are no lines in the sand that cannot be crossed on genetics on on uh, eugenics on anything anymore because um I, I don't know if people look into the mirror and they can no longer even tell you exactly what is looking back at them then there really is no limit to what can be done to uh to anything or anyone uh rich let everybody Danger know relativism, my friend. <laughs> really is. Me. Let everybody know where to find you during the week and, and the best places to keep in touch with you. Best place overall is uh, peoplespundit.locals.com. That's the best place overall. Of course, we're on Twitter. Uh, we're on Getter. We're on Truth, at People's Pundit, at People's underscore Pundit on Twitter. But you don't have to worry about any of that. P- uh, peoplespundit.locals.com, best place hands down, best community out there. And uh, join it now while you can. July is a different ship. We have so much coming this year, Frank. Delegate trackers, delegate maps, uh, coverage of every single primary, every single caucus, all of the off-cycle elections, Mississippi, right? We did Kentucky, so much. Wisconsin we did. There's so much coming. Louisiana's coming. Uh, So get over there, join it. Uh, stay focused. We got some voter analysis that we just did. Maine was just up. Great. Very interesting, Frank. Maine should have been. Uh, that's another show, Frank. But uh, Maine, 
there's just some of these states out there we dig into with great detail uh, that, that you're just not going to see that kind of analysis anywhere else. And uh, you'll you'll enjoy it if you're a nerd like me, data nerd like me. Peoplespundit.locals.com. I love having nerds like you on the show, Rich. <laughs> it's great to have you back, and thank you for everything. Send my best to Laura and the kids, and, and we'll talk soon. All the best, my friend. All Give right. that little one a pinch on the cheek for oh, me, okay? Oh, I will. Just, I love her cheeks. They're fantastic. All right. They're the best. <laughs> <laughs> Bye-bye, man. All the best, my friend. See you. All right, so... Let us take a little break, not very long, less than two minutes, just an intermission, and come back. We're going to take your calls. I have a couple other things to read through, and we'll be, we'll be riding this out for another 40 minutes. We're going to 9 o'clock, so if you've been hanging out with us the last nearly an hour, I know we had great cumulative totals of people watching across all of these wonderful platforms that carry us. We will see you in just a minute, and now we're going to just dive into what you guys and gals are thinking Theories on anything from Russia to pride and and, uh, and and we'll see what else. Don't go anywhere. It's intermission time, folks. Time out to press the like button. Thank you. Ladies and Welcome to intermission. We'll, we'll be right back. Quite frankly. 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 Qu
that are watching right now, we have about 377 likes. So even if you don't send us a, uh, a rumble rant tonight to support the show, the best thing you can do is hit the like button. If we can get that above a thousand, just like right now, which it could happen so easily if so many of you just click it, that'll that'll bring this to a lot of people's dashes that have not seen the show before or haven't seen us in a while. I really appreciate it, and thank you all for hanging out with us so much. Thank you all so so very much, and uh, it's great to have you on. Thank you so much, J Dog. Over on quite frankly superchat.com, which is a universal super chat. You all can uh, and can hang out with us there and leave a message even the night before. Palador Veros says, My ex-girlfriend tried to red pill me, but I rebuked her. Then once I took the red pill, it was too late. Now my love of life wants nothing to do with me. Oh, wait, 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 wait. Now the love of my life wants nothing to do with me. My ex-girlfriend tried to red pill me, but I rebuked her. Then once I took the red pill, it was too late. Now the love of my life wants nothing to do with me. Oh, your ex-girlfriend. I left with my two stinking mutts for company whom I sleep with because I'm so lonely. Well, I'm sorry to hear that. You know, man, this is the way that life is. The way that it cycles and filters things ourselves. We are put through several ringers and the ringers never stop. We are put through ringers until that final ringer when we go through the that, that final door to uh, to meet the final boss. And your ex-girlfriend, I don't know if you're, what you're saying is that you are, you regret not listening to the ex-girlfriend because maybe that was your, that was your, you, you don't know that. So I don't know if there's any regret out there that's saying, oh, my ex, that might have been the one if I had only taken that red pill when she wanted me to, but I rebuked her. Uh, trust me, um, seeing, reading the news the same way is not the best is not the reason why people's relationships sink or swim. In fact, there are people, and I don't know how it happens, but there are people who could be so diametrically opposed in worldview and still find a way to just love each other and play, be playful about their differences. So if that's what you're talking, if that's what you're feeling, because I don't have too much information to go on over here, don't necessarily feel that way. Uh... It's all right to go through whatever kind of metamorphosis you've done. I mean, I think we're all still kind of doing that. We go back into our cocoons every once in a while, and then we come out new people. And just be open, man. You know, those two stinking mutts of yours, those can be really good conversation starters. Dogs are great conversation starters to pick up new chicks. I should know. I've never had a dog. Well, I haven't had a dog in my adult life. My last dog died when I was in seventh grade so I never used a dog to pick up a chick before but what I'm saying is relax it's all right and don't worry about the ex the ex tried when she was in your life for a reason and she built a little bit of a foundation for you but thank you Palador Dan Schumann says did you get hermanized this weekend <laughs> did anybody watch on Saturday night when Herman the masseur called in and said Frank I want to get my hands on you get you hermanized uh, uh, he's a very passionate massage therapist who had just moved from I believe Michigan to Arizona in the high desert out there 
You got to go listen to that one. That's another thing we got to do. We got to put something about being harmonized on a new, quite frankly, T-shirt. We're revamping the whole merch store soon. So, um, no. Officially, I was not harmonized over the weekend. Stowe Stoop says, in love of support for exhilarating, wonderful, and great independent media because... Dan the Man Schumann also says so and agrees. We would love to drop a super chat donation to the one and only. Quite frankly with Frank, Dan Schumann did it again. Dan and Stostube are very, very uh, back-to-back generous. And Dan says, Frank, awesome show Saturday night and a big shout out to Stostube. Hey, he's another year older too. It's Christos' birthday last week and now here we are. And hopefully he's feeling fine. And thank you, Dan. And thank you, Christos, and everybody else. We'll get around to your gold pills in just a little bit. But for now, I'm going to open up the lines. 914-200-0269. Call in. Let me know what you, uh, what you think about this or that. Did you hear this, Biden? I, I didn't hear this. Apparently, this was last week in India. Or he's speaking to people. I don't know if the Indians came here. I think they came here. But he said something about selling a lot of state secrets and a lot of very important things. Let's see if we can hear it. I was just thinking, uh, uh, the, anyway, I started off without you. And I sold a lot of state secrets and a lot of very important things that we shared. I was- okay. I mean, maybe it's just ironic. It, it could just be ironic hearing him say, or it could just be the dementia. Could be that. Here's also uh, Robert... Uh, RFK Jr.'s physique. Look at him. He's all uh, he's swole. Getting swole. So this is what we got from Zero Hedge on this. Overall, the figures constitute a 17-point increase in just two and a half years, with double the amount of Democrat voters expressing either moderate or major concern on the matter. And that is Over two-thirds of voters, 43% of Democrats, say Biden is not physically or mentally fit enough. New poll finds. Over the weekend, RFK put out a video, a a short, it was a a video at the top of a thread on Twitter of him just showing how mentally and physically fit he is for the office. He was, you know, I guess he was at Venice Beach or something. He was doing some incline, he was doing some push-ups, and he had a good, he had had his, his swole on. I said, shit, this guy's 69 years old, huh? And the first thing I wondered is, okay, well, he's either, it's totally possible that you can have this kind of physique at, um, at that age if you, if you work hard and you're eating immaculately and you take your health very seriously. And obviously he, he does with the kind of things he reads into and his skepticism and, and whatnot. But it's also not out of the question for somebody his age to be also replacing hormones, um, namely testosterone. It's not, I, I, I mean, that's what that's what uh, Sylvester Stallone does. Of course, he, he takes it to another level. He's a lot more jacked than, um, than RFK is, but RFK's not huge. He's just in really good shape. Anyway, had this guy, Kevin, Kevin Bass, PhD, obsessed with him. 
Here is RFK in his 30s. Now here he is in nearly 70 years old. Why people think he's not injecting testosterone is beyond me. Being this huge at this age is rare. Possible? In some cases, yes, but very rare. He's not huge. He's not, if that's huge, I don't know what to say anymore. He's not huge. I guess he's, he's huge to Kevin Bass. Yeah, I, I don't think, just based on what I'm seeing right here, Kevin does not have a good build. Uh, but I, I don't, <laughs> I'm just saying, um, he's not injecting testosterone is beyond me. If he was doing hormone replacement therapy, then, he, I mean, he's, it's not like he's taking some kind of a, a gold gym stack. He's not stacking like that. It would, it would just be re- trying to replace what you've lost. But just like everything else, taking a supplement does not result in you having a balanced, functional, well-built physique. It is constantly minding what you're eating, eating on time, eating the right things, clean. You have to be working out consistently, knowing exactly what you're doing. That takes, that takes real a lot of care. A lot of care. So uh, why this is being done right now is because he is skeptical of the safety of vaccines and the people who are hawking them. And uh, and I think some people are trying to say that this is hypocritic, uh, hypocritical of him to go and, uh, and, and lean on science and lean on medication to bring himself to a certain level of fitness or and to bill yourself as being physically fit and better fit for office than a literal fucking corpse. A literal corpse. They think it's hypocritical to bill yourself as physically better physically and mentally fit than Joe Biden when you need the help of, you know, HRT or something like that, which I don't find that to be that not. I don't think that's medicine. I don't I don't I don't see that as medicine. Uh, I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't think it's a hip, hypocritical. Then again, nobody's asking the question. If I had access to somebody like RFK, I would ask questions like this. You know, seeing you. uh I'm seeing you doing your thing. You got those push-ups. You got the incline. You're moving weight pretty well. You got good balance. You're 70 years old, though. Are you doing hormone replacement therapy? And he might say yes. Or he might say no, and then there's your answer. And what does it matter? I got to see what Jay Gulanello thinks about this. I don't know. Uh, 309, you're on the air. What's going on, Raymond? Yes, uh, I just wanted to thank you for the Shoeless Joe as your book club. Um, I've been following along, and I watched a movie last night. And that kind of just brings me back to my childhood. I grew up about two hours away from that part of Iowa. And I lived (laughs) next to a cornfield out in the country. I would go out into like an acre patch in the front and just whack a baseball by myself. And I, I can just think, you know, maybe I imagined... A, fee, a team in front of me or something but I really appreciate that book I became a book club member uh, right the day that you started The Great Divorce with uh, C.S. Lewis oh well I, I then you, you I, I, haven't we had a good year so far with the three books we've done already oh yeah yeah I think they've been great and I already uh, found the next one in a used bookstore so I can I need to start it early because 
<laughs> it's pretty thick. Well, I, Devil in the White City, it's a little thicker than than uh, Shoeless Joe, but it, you are going to in, you're going to really enjoy this. I don't know how many. Oh times. yeah. I'm gonna, and I'm going to push it hard all throughout July to get people to sign up as sponsors because it doesn't matter how you become a sponsor or at what level, everybody has access to book club. Um, so it, it is. Um, it, it, I think it's going to be so enlightening. You're going to learn so many things, Raymond, and I can't wait to I can't wait to see all the things that I've forgotten. So, but I, I'm thank you for this call, and I'm glad yeah, that you I, enjoy. Can I just say a little more more about the movie? Yeah, please. Um, I really um, enjoyed the acting in it. I didn't. I think I've only seen trailers of it before, but I watched the whole thing through, very engrossed in it. I love the acting of Ray Liotta, um, James Earl Jones, right? Yep. Um, Kevin Costner. I just and yeah, they had to leave some of the things that were in the book out, but they did follow it very close to what the book had. Other than they couldn't use J.D. Salinger, but you know what? They even paralleled that pretty darn closely anyway <laughs> well you know what that's why i said there's got to be one more one more uh private stream with charlie robinson we'll do one more just to do a little bit of a comparison but ray thank you for the 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 call um and uh, go the distance ray go the distance i'll t and i'll yep. talk i'll talk to you soon um i cut the cord like three years ago on like tv cable and stuff i've only watched streaming since 2020 so, and yours is one of the best. I love hearing it. And you know, as a uh, as a sponsor, never hesitate to send me an email or a message or whatever the hell it is, man. Keep in touch, and, and I hope you enjoy the next one. It, it'll be a fun ride. Yep. All right, man. You. Take care. There you go. Book club is going is quickly becoming one of my favorite things to do, and I'm glad that we finally did it. And and the real secret sauce is who is the co-host for every book. That's the real secret sauce. Um, all right, let's take a call. Oh, shit. It just blanked away. Uh, what do you think about the, the Russian thing? Here's a couple of the other theories that, that uh, bounced out here. The CIA, this one was uh, pretty popular. Pretty popular. The CIA falsely created a $6.2 billion accounting black hole last week, I read. So they didn't have to go back to Congress for more money. They used the $6.2 billion to try and destabilize Russia from the inside by gifting it to Wagner to carry out a coup. Wagner took the cash, double-crossed the CIA, agreed to a theatrical coup with Putin, and then was moved to Belarus to form another front on the military actions against Kiev. The $6.2 billion is now part of Russia's military budget. And that is it. That's what I saw. I just grabbed it. Um, what do you think about that? If that's the case, well, then, you know, I, I was initially going to say, then why wouldn't they shove it in the CIA's face? Why wouldn't they just expose that to the entire world? I guess, well, uh, I don't know. Why, I, I, why not? Take the $6.2 billion and what the hell is it? Do you think that is plausible based on what you know? I'll tell you one thing. Colonel Douglas McGregor, he uh, he went on, um, what's his name, George Calloway? Calloway. The Scott. We, 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 we usually, or Galloway. Galloway, sorry. I think it's George Galloway. He was on his show, like that guy a lot. And he addressed the whole CIA thing pretty head on, did... Douglas McGregor, and he said he doesn't believe it's right because, you know, um, 
so many of these commanders within the Russian orbit, within their sphere of influence, they are notoriously flagged and tagged by FSB agents, intelligence agents. There would be no way for somebody to take a bribe without somebody knowing. But then again, uh, if you were taking a bribe and reporting it immediately so you can turn it around to your, adva- your advantage, that's something else. Here's another one. I, uh, a friend of mine who is very into this stuff and has provided a lot of useful insight to me in the past, he sent this to me. Because I said, well, what do you think? Because I, I get deluged, a deluge of all these, these articles and different conclusions. And they said this. It was a diversion to move a large block of troops 20 miles outside of Kharkov, the second largest city in Ukraine, 1.5 million population, which NATO thought was being sent to protect Moscow. On the same say, or the same day, St. Petersburg had all their streets free of cars to host a 60,000 uh, 60, high school students on prom day with free concerts, free museum admission, etc., a uh, big happy celebration all day long, safe without crime, a family day, which would have been cl- quickly closed down if it had really been a coup. Russia knows how to troll as well. Kremlin is snickering at the neocons premature ejaculation frenzy. Uh, it also flushed out woke activists who were encouraging revolution, now being rounded up and will disappear, which is what someone ought to do today uh, in... Uh, stateside they said um, anyway alright what do you think about that Here's, let's take a call from Aaron what's going on Aaron hey Frank it's going great if it's going any better it would be you oh geez I, I just want to say that um, <clears throat> yesterday I found out something from my good friend Andrew who was on the show Andrew Bashago. RFK Senior was going to name who for VP? Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. Really? Yeah. As told by Edward Kennedy. That's what he revealed back then. It's, According to Andy. Well, funny funny that uh, that uh, that Robert Kennedy Jr. has never said anything like that. He's, he's, he's willing to talk about CIA assassination plots. Why wouldn't he ever have discussed or put it out there that his father was considering naming Martin Luther King Jr. as a vice president, though that would have been another commie as a as a vice president, but um, still, that... that... I, yeah, I don't know. It's, it's very, very interesting, but I, I also think that uh, when I saw Robert F. Kennedy Jr. in that, his muscle pose, he doesn't look like he's taking any kind of steroids or, or any kind of hormone replacement you know I'm I'm 61 I don't work out at all and I'm in great shape I mean I could be just like that or, or better if I even just worked out a little bit because I built my body as a preteen we bought the free muscles in the back of the comic book yeah and we built our frame up and you do that at a younger age, you can just pop right back anytime when you're when you get older. Well, that's you know, it's a great point. I mean, that's why you have to spend so much of your your vital younger years to to really build your body. Uh, that that frame is very important. And the rest of the way, honestly, diet will carry you through. That's why we always talk about things like uh, that old that old uh, adage I've thrown out on the 
on the air many times before. Abs are made in the kitchen. I mean, you can go and do your thousand your thousand sit ups a day, and if you're if you're doing a, a combat sport or something like that, and you really just want to you want to make sure that your your midsection is really firm, so you can you can you can take punishment or something like that. I understand why you'd want to do that or whatever your personal goals are. But diet is diet is fundamentally everything, uh, especially when it comes to yeah. maintaining physique and maintaining muscle tissue. I mean, you won't your muscle won't go away. Uh, you you need to stimulate it obviously to at least maintain it, if not grow it. But um, diet is what keeps it around. That's why bodybuilders they eat. They eat uh, hours, hours a day, hours a day. They eat. They wake up to eat, or else they're gonna they're gonna deflate. Oh yeah, we used to have we had paper routes in the morning. We'd wake up at four thirty in the morning on Sunday mornings, and and we'd make a malt with vanilla ice cream, milk, uh, three raw eggs, and carnation insane breakfast, instant breakfast. Well. That's what we hate. That'll that'll give you something. Well, the carnation, I don't know. That that sounds like like you're getting close to 40, at least 40 grams of protein right there. So. Oh, oh yeah. That's what we did. But, but yeah, uh, I think it's completely natural. Like like you said, he's not huge. He's just defined. Well, you you think about the stand. And thanks for the call, Aaron. That's Aaron uh, Aaron Moriarty of TruthQuest. Thank you so much for the call. Uh, Again, you think about what the average... The average build is out there. I mean, RFK does look huge. Somebody, I, I obviously, that's the way it looks for somebody. Um, but yeah, tomorrow we're gonna have a good show too because I wanted to do with what little time we have. I wanted to talk about slippery slope again. I saw this from this was from June nineteenth. It's a thread from Spencer Clavin. And uh, he is, I, I believe he's gay, but he's talking about the slippery slope of what's going on right now with, uh, with pride and, and how terrible it is as far as how, how confrontational it's become, how out of control it is, how predatory. Um, as Rich said, there's, there's a lot of people from the beginning who are gay that saw this shit coming. I think a lot of people did. And it sucks because whereas there was some sort of a live and let live kind of lull in society, those who are behind the wheel of how the culture is driven and where they wanted to bring it to and how they wanted to take the whole damn thing down, I guess this is where we were being pushed for the final cataclysm. Um, But I want to talk about this because it brings up again, at which point, at which point, should there be no progress socially, especially in that kind of very libertine sense when it gets to, when it comes around to sex and all that stuff. And I, I got to say, it makes me think of this other article, this study, I should say, that we have not spoken about in years. Where the hell is it? Who? No, that's not it. It's one we haven't done in years. Um... It was called Why Sexual Morality May Be Far More Important Than You Ever Knew. And it was based on the work of J.D. Unwin. Interesting, interesting stuff that uh, really takes us on a chronological journey from when the sexual revolution and these, these, these countercultures in the 1960s were, were coming about to 
right where we are right now, which should have been a major point of observation for the fallout of such things. So I want to do that with a little bit more time tomorrow. I think we'll have just enough time to do that uh, unless some ridiculous breaking news comes out and all of a sudden we get whisked away. But, um, but yeah, let's go and do a couple more super chats over on quitefrankly.tv. Squickly says, Frank, I too thoroughly enjoy cutting the blubber from memory foam beds. Wish I had one right now. I know. I know. It's, uh, it's crazy. Sean Joe. Thank you for the cookie. Rook Castle says, don't start a fight with a Republican woman's group. Most likely, they are packing heat. Don't start a fight with a Republican's woman's group. All right, I'll stay away from them. Boyce Blanc, thank you so much for the cookie. Thank you, Robert Sarns. Paulie9363 says, Canadian smoke is bad here in Illinois today. Oh, that's still going on? You know, it's crazy. Out of sight, out of mind. Or out of lungs, out of mind. It, it blanketed us for a couple of days, and it's already been enough time, it's been a couple of weeks now, that we haven't had any of that stuff to deal with, and I tend to forget that these fires, they told us, are going to be burning for the rest of the summer. Sorry about that, Paulie. Jesse, and thank you so much, Jesse. I'm going to be releasing, let's see, excellent show again. Thanks, Frank, says Chai Possum. Thank you. Well, it's, it's uh, Monday night over on QuiteFrankly.tv. I don't know what is lined up for the, the movie selection night on QuiteFrankly.tv, but get over there and hang out. Become a sponsor. There's, ton of spe- there's a ton of specialty uh, tiers there if you want to become a pen pal or if you want a monthly Polaroid sent to you or a postcard. Again, if you send any kind of a PayPal gift, uh, make sure this month from now until July 15th, make sure, because I know a lot of you like to just drop a, a contribution into the PayPal uh, randomly. If you do that from any time from now until July 15th, make sure you leave your mailing address and we're going to... We're going to send out the special edition, quite frankly, July patriotic postcard to you. All right? Scribble a little something. I'll get Aurora to to scribble a little something to you. So just make sure you include that. And I think that is all we have. That's all we have. So we're going to do our badass for the night. We're running out of nights for badass. It's the 26th. We have tonight. We have Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday. And the badasses for this year, they're over. And then you know what that means? When we come back, it'll be July, which means the Mark Swan, the Mark Swan uh, pool dancer is back for intermission. I know, I know, it's the best of times, it's the worst of times, but July, the intermission pool dancer is back that everybody loves or hates, and you're just going to have to deal with it for 31 days. So who is our badass for tonight? This was actually... This was submitted by my friend Joel, my good personal friend Joel. His family is from the Caribbean. They speak French, I think a little Creole, I forget, but at least French. And so I get these stories straight from the source. Listen to this. That's some badass shit. It's pretty badass. Yes, now listen. I really want to get all the names and the the pronunciation right, but it may be a little messy. Tonight's badass is Ludger Silbaris, one of the only handful of survivors of a catastrophic volcanic eruption. Born in 1875 in Martinique, Silbaris was a convicted felon who liked to drink and liked to fight. 
The night before the eruption, he had allegedly got into yet another drunken bar fight and was arrested. He was locked up in solitary confinement in a single cell, a bomb-proof underground room with stone walls, no windows, and only a narrow grating face uh, a narrow grating facing the sea as ventilation. At 8 a.m. on May 8th, 1902, Mount Pelee blew its top. And just three minutes later, St. Pierre laid in ruins and its 30,000 inhabitants suffocated and incinerated. The previously dormant island volcano had shown warning signs of eruption for over two weeks, but since modern volcanology did not yet exist, the inhabitants did not plan an escape. First, a cloud of dark smoke covered a 50-mile radius, followed by a wave of superheated volcanic gas and dust that destroyed anything it landed on. Pressure waves with over a 1,000 degrees in temperature instantly burned and killed anyone in their path. An estimated 30,000 to 40,000 residents were instantly killed, and the city continued to burn for days afterwards. Meanwhile, Silberis was locked down in what was later discovered to be the safest spot on the island, the prison cell. Based on his record, he first saw light coming through the slit and then superheated ash flying into his small cell. He tried to protect himself by urinating on his clothes and shoving them into the small slit in the door to keep the heat from entering his cell. Since the air was already over a thousand degrees, he still suffered severe burns all over his body, but he managed to survive until the rescue team heard his cries four days later after the event. It was later discovered that two other people managed to survive the eruption as well, a young girl who escaped into the sea and was later found floating unconscious, and an old man whose house just happened to be on the edge of the path of the pyroclastic flows. Silbaris's luck couldn't have been better. A horrifying natural disaster became his savior. Not only was he pardoned for his crimes after this event, but he went on to become mayor. He should become mayor of, of the town that doesn't exist. But he went on to become the first black man to join the Barnum and Bailey Circus and became a minority or a minor celebrity as he toured around America sharing his story of becoming the most marvelous man in the world. As for his prison cell, it still stands today as one of the most sheltered buildings in the city and can be visited by tourists. The town population, on the other hand, is significantly smaller since Pelé's stand uh, still stands as one of the most active volcanoes in Martinique. So there you go. Have, when was the last time you survived a volcanic eruption? And be the only one in your town to survive. Man. So Barnum and Bailey's. I wonder if he, uh, if, if he retired to that, um, that Carney town in Florida. We still have to do have some kind of a, a circus did you know kind of a night. That would be great. We had that circus caller once. I put out the call. Circus caller, if you're out there, very nice lady that called in. Uh, please email the show. I've been waiting for you. I want to do more on that topic one day. That's all. That's all I got. It's 8.58, 8.56. Get over to quitefrankly.tv, and I am sure to see you there in the chat room before long. Good night, everybody, and have a wonderful one. Thanks again to Rich Barris. And, oh, one last thing, then I'll have to make the announcement again tomorrow. I mentioned all of your Super Chats. Well, quitefranklysuperchat.com. Everything. Starting tonight, that means tonight, Palador Veros, Dan Schumann, 
Stostube. They are already in the running for my copy of Shoeless Joe, which I bought this book years ago, and I never read it until this year. And it is, my heart is with this book, okay? So I love it. I'm going to be buying myself another copy so I can have it in my personal library. Every person who sends a super chat from now until July 3rd is going to be in the running for the uh, the raffle the raffling of this book and inside of it I'm leaving Matt's notes on how to survive a shitty submersible dive to the bottom of the ocean. So you, it's going to be a really great prize right there. And remember, you can send five super chats and that would be fine if you want to contribute to the show and contribute thoughts and just be a part of it all. But I'm only counting it once for the raffle. So just letting you know, we take all the duplicates out so everybody has the same chance of winning. And um, there you go. That's what we have. I'll make another announcement in the beginning of the show tomorrow about the Shoeless Joe raffle. But it is on. And we will announce a winner by July 3rd. Good night, everybody. Tomorrow's Tuesday. I hope to see you there. For now, get over to the After Hours on QuiteFrankly.tv. Good night. I'll catch you on the flip side. Quite frankly, is filmed before a live studio audience, and now our super chatter, starting with Jay Semo over on the Rumble Rants, and also Jay Dog earlier on in the night. Thank you to Palador Veros, to Dan Schumann, to Stostube, and Dan Schumann again, to our wonderful friends over on Pilled. The scratching has already been released. Thank you, everybody, on Rockfin and on Twitch and on DLive and on uh, Theta, Twitter all around the internet. See you tomorrow. I hate cat. You're a kitty cat? You're a ton. Hello. I'm a kitty cat as well. <laughs>